All right. Okay. Welcome back. Welcome back to Old Let's Talk About It. I'm your host, King Crawley. If you're new here, thank you for tuning in. Um, take a quick second to hit that subscribe button for me. And if you're returning, you are appreciated. Um, okay. Today, we have another special episode on a topic that does get discussed, but it's not highlighted in media like other things. I made the statement on one of the podcasts that um, the prisons are taking our men but the hospitals are taking out women. Now, upon doing research, I'm learning that the numbers and women being incarcerated are going up. And in some states, they are outnumbering the men, but the narrative is being shown always about the prison pipeline and how it's affecting the men without conversations in depth about what's affecting our women on their end. We know what's here to take out the men. What are the women dealing with in this system? You know, that conversation leaked over to Facebook and I was looking for someone to come on and actually share some of their experiences because I'm a man. I can do all the research in the world, have all of the notes, the statistics and everything, but I can't properly relate that message because I'm a man. So I have one of the queens with us today. She's going to come on and uh I'm allowed you to introduce yourself. She's a boss in her own right. I'll let you introduce yourself. Tell a little bit, a little bit about what you do, and then we'll get this conversation going. Hi, and for, for a quick second, I'm live. We good for a quick second. Okay. I'm live. Just for y'all to get a preview of what we're doing, and the rest of this will come out later. So you're only gonna get a preview, and then you have to catch the podcast on YouTube. Okay, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, everybody. Um, my name is Shalita Washington. I am. Um, I do a bunch of different things. I am a graphic artist. Um, I have a wellness boutique, so I sell a lot of wellness products. Um, And what I mainly do, mostly do, is I help a lot of startup businesses um, professionalize their look, um, you know, align their business to their strategic plan, their mission and their vision, um, and basically get off the ground. You know, so they, they have a full... Uh, the full look, the full professional corporate look. Because a lot of times with our people, uh, what happens is they don't have a marketing plan. They don't have the proper uh, marketing materials. They don't even have the content for their websites or goods, their websites is, you know, they've been taking pictures with cell phones and things like that. So what I do is I come in and I help them do, I do a clean sweep. I do the whole shebang where I get everything looking proper. You know, so if they want to go get funding, they have the ability to go get funding. Um, the, you know, the content is worded right. Their, um, their language is, you know, on point where it needs to be and all that kind of stuff. So, um, so I, a lot of times I'm doing labels, I'm doing flyers, I'm doing uh, videos and editing, I'm doing websites, I'm doing graphics, I'm doing content creation, I'm actually writing. Um, okay. A lot of different how, how, how do they reach out to you? How do they contact you for your services? Um, a lot of times the people find me on Facebook. I don't do any promotion okay. right now. Um, I've been blessed in that way where everything is word of mouth. So a lot of my customers have are coming to me through people that I know, and um, I pride myself in my work. So uh, I want to make sure that if I'm giving, if I'm doing it, if I'm working on your product, that it's going to be 100% grade A. So everything that I do is top notch. So um, the work speaks for itself. So that way I don't have to do any promotion. People just come to me. They find me. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. 
Um, but I barely even use those platforms. If you do find me on Facebook, I'm probably joking. I'm probably talking yeah. about something silly or something funny. I do right. uh, take time to put out serious messages as well. Um, but you can find my businesses on Facebook. Um, my wellness boutique is called the Luxura. Um, I do candles and things like that. Okay. Um, What's the website? What's the website? Uh, flora, www.floraluxura.com. Flora. Okay. F L O R A Luxura X L U X U R A dot com. Um, okay. You can find me on Facebook at Luxura. Um, I also have a business page uh, for public relations, which is what I consider myself as a public relations specialist um, okay. because I just do so many different things. So that you can find me at Miss Events. Um, and then what else? Oh my God, it's so much. I don't even want to take up your time. It's all good. Look, <laughs> you go get the information. Once we're done, get the information to me. And I have all your information in the um in the description in the yes. video. Yes. Let's let's get to this. Uh let's get to this conversation. Um, okay. According to my research, black neighborhoods are 60, 65% less likely to have a local primary care physician. Okay, let's let's get right into it. What are some of your experiences that you've had? You can start wherever you want to um, in dealing with issues with the with the medical field and hospitals and things of that nature. Let me just say this. First of all, one one thing that I do want to share that someone made me wanted me to make sure that I point out is um, as far as healthcare is concerned. When it comes to doctors and surgery and things like that, what we know, what we know in the medical field today is based on um, research or, or experiments that were done on our people without anesthesia, you know, without actually having knowledge of doing these things. So we were worked on as experiments. Right. So that's how, where we are today in the medical field, that the, the information that we have, that's where it comes from. Mm. So, um, and, and especially for gynecological, Okay. Help for women. Okay. So um, there were times where slave women were, you know, worked on without uh, anesthesia and, and experimented on and things like that. So um, and, and sure that let me interject. Even today, because they, they assumed or they in, in their ignorance, we were tougher and we could withstand that. And they treated us like animals that even leaks over to today. Right. Oh, Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, a lot of the times, let me just rewind back where you were saying uh, a the ho- black household doesn't have a primary care physician. Um, a lot of the times when you go to the doctor, if you are, if your doctor gives the impression, gives you the impression that what you're dealing with isn't serious, which is a lot of times what they will do um, to get you out of their face, <laughs> right, right, right. Um, you're going to move on with that impression that whatever you're dealing with is not serious. You may have symptoms like things that, you know, things that plague you, things that bother you that you don't think are serious. So you may not go to the doctor and get them checked out until it becomes something way bigger than what it actually began as. And that's what a lot of times what our people deal with as well. Um, You know, you still have symptoms beginning from 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 being maybe a teenager. You know what I mean? And it seems insignificant. You go to the doctor. Oh, well, you know, just drink some water, get plenty of rest. Right. And 20 years later, here you are, you're dealing with this major issue and they're telling you, oh, you probably would have seen this. You probably would have noticed this had you did this. But but we come we come to them and they give us the wrong information. 
on purpose a lot of times right. too. You know, right. there are good doctors out there. I don't want to say that all doctors are like this, but there are good doctors. Out there. And for me, um, when it comes to healthcare, um, I don't, I don't trust everything the doctor gives me. I don't tr- trust everything that the doctor says. If the doctor tells me something, uh, this is what you're dealing with. This is what you need to do to take care of it. Then I go off and I research on my own, which is the way that I feel like it should be for everybody. If right. you're, especially when it comes to medication, you, if you're getting, if you're being prescribed medication at the doctor, look it up, but figure out what it is that you actually need and you don't need. Because a lot of the times the medicine, they'll tell you on the bottle, they'll actually tell you. And it's funny how they have the commercials where they put on it, oh, this causes cancer. But they prescribe it to you anyway. They still and give it to you. They still give it to you. And you don't actually, food is, this is the other thing. Food is medicine. Food is actually medicine. Food and exercise is medicine. And if you I'm properly glad you take, went there. Keep going. Keep going. If you properly take care of your body, your body can heal itself. And this right. is 100% true for a lot of the ailments that we deal with. Hypertension, high cholesterol, those are things that can be easily fixed. But if you go off and you, if you're taking what the doctor get prescribes you and you're taking it faithfully, then it's going to cost, eventually it's going to cause side effects that are going to be harmful to your health. And because it's going to be hard times, to get rid of. A, a lot of times these medications are trying to mimic what's found in nature anyway. Right. But they take chemical agents to try to mimic, like you said, right. what's already found in nature. But continue. Right. right. So if you... um. So my thing, that's why I started my wellness boutique. I started actually, what was it, last year? At the beginning of the pandemic? Was that last yeah, year? It, yeah, yeah. Oh. It, it seemed like it was a long time ago, but it was just last year. At the beginning of the pandemic, yep. um, I started selling CMOS gel. Um, that's how what's I the benefits? my, my Jump wellness into, What's the benefits of, of the CMOS gel? Talk the about CMOS gel, the CMOS gel can balance your hormones, which is another big thing that I would definitely want to touch on later on. Balance your hormones, uh, clear out mucus, um, aid in digestion, like clear all of that stuff out your gut. Um, and probiotics. Oh my God. That's another thing that I want to touch on later on. Um, uh, helps you build up the blood, your blood levels. Like it's good for people who are iron deficient, which a lot of our people are me. I am iron deficient. And I didn't, and I thought it was insignificant. This goes back to what I was talking about. I thought being anemic was just something that we had to deal with until I started being affected severely by being, by having anemia. Wow. So um, if you're taking CMOS gel, it comes with like 92 natural minerals and vitamins that are found in like nature that your body needs every day to thrive. Okay. These, these vitamins and things that they sell in the store, let you be low on magnesium in your body and experience the symptoms of low magnesium or low potassium. Mm-hmm. You go, mm-hmm. no, that for okay. real, for real, it's real. That's why it's essential for us to actually take care of our bodies. Eat those fruits and vegetables. Don't be scared. Like, you know, and work out, get out there and walk. You don't even have to, you don't have to lift weights and, you know, you don't even have to run. You can walk five miles. Just be active. Be active. Just be active. Move be your active. body because yeah. if you don't, that stuff settles in your muscles. It settles and it begins to build up in your cells. And then your, as your cells regenerate, so whatever, whatever it is that's in your body, whatever chemicals that have broken down your natural cell process, those things build up in your body. 
because people don't realize from what I understand it, I think they say like every seven years or a certain amount of years, your body regenerates. So you pretty much have a new body. So whatever you put in your your body, those previous seven years, that's the body you're going to turn out afterwards. You know, if it was McDonald's breath, it was, if it was the edible crack, which is what I call McDonald's. Yeah. (laughs) Guess what? Your body trying to, it's trying to, it's, 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 it's gotten hooked on like it's like a baby, it's like a crack baby. Yeah. And it's trying to reverse those effects. You know what I mean? So, yeah. but the other benefits of female cell um, is the main benefit, one of the good benefits is stamina because it balances your hormones. And then, the, <laughs> and for, <laughs> then the other, I appreciate that. Yeah. Right. And then the other thing is uh, it restores your, your energy because okay. your blood levels are good. If you're tired all the time, it's probably because you have low blood. If you don't have enough iron in your system, if you if you find yourself like nodding off, you know, for no reason, which was one of the things that I dealt with, you're low energy. It's hard to focus on what you're actually doing, which makes it difficult to get ahead. It's because of anemia. And um, CMOS gel is good for restoring your blood levels from the effects of anemia because it has so much iron. It has three times the iron as like, Finish. You know what I mean? So you could take you could take CMOS gel to jail today. You could take a spoon of CMOS gel right now, and in an hour, you probably be bouncing up. If you're not used to that, you'll be bouncing up. You might run around the block, you know. But it's good for I, you. It's healthy I, I and it's good yet, for you. I haven't yet tried it, uh, CMOS, but I want to, and I will. Yeah, do so, yeah. do so, and then you report back to me and let me know. Hey, look, absolutely. I mean, I likely but, be getting it from you. So, <laughs> in, yeah. in Jamaica, they use it as an aphrodisiac. That's the other thing. So all the fellows out there. Okay. That's what it's Watch for. out, ladies. <laughs> I, I'm outside. You better watch out. <laughs> better add some more to my superpowers. You better be careful. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> the step husband? <laughs> step husband. I'm outside, baby. Stop playing. <laughs> yeah. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, but, but definitely taking care of yourself, taking care of your body on your own. Don't rely on the doctor for everything because the doctor is not going to tell you everything, especially those ones that don't like us. And it, they are, they are out here. Don't be fooled. Don't be fooled. And a lot of the times too, I want to touch on something is our people being distracted. Talk about it. Talk Not about even it. just our people, but people in general, there is like the wool has been pulled over a lot of people's eyes and they don't want it. Sometimes the truth is scary though. Maybe that's what it is. Well, and, and it's a responsibility that it comes with truth too. Once you know the truth, oh yeah, oh yeah, so oh yeah. A lot of people would rather just stay away from it. Oh yeah, I know. I've been there. <laughs> when I when it. I came when I came into the truth, I was like, wait a minute, you know. And even even now, I'm 41 years old and discovering things every day. Like, wait a minute. So you mean to tell, and this is, you know, not even having to do research, but just coming into the realization. And if people actually just take the time to think and not stop being so distracted by money, that's the huge thing. People are distracted by money. And you notice know every day in the news, that's all they talk about. The government threw all that money at everybody these past couple of years, you know, stimulus, this stimulus, that, because they want to distract you. <laughs> they want to gain your trust. Why? Why do they want to gain your trust? Why does the government want to gain your trust? Because they want us to fully depend on them no matter what they do. They want us to because trust what? them. Because they want you to believe that they are always right. Right, right. 
And if that if that is the case, if you're believing that the government is always right about everything, then what? You're going to do whatever they say. Hello. Ding, even ding, if it's ding, harmful ding, to you. But the ding, sad ding, part ding, is even, most, even if it's most harmful people already do, though. Most people exactly. already believe that. Exactly. A lot of the if there are very few of us who know better. And the ones who know better are outcasts. 100% of the time, you're outcasts for speaking up, for speaking up, for for telling the truth, for not going along with the status quo, you'd be outcast. And this this is what I tell people. Shake things up sometimes. Start conversations. Even if that's not necessarily your viewpoint, start the conversations. Because sometimes we sit back too quiet too often. Ask have these things. conversations out loud. Let's talk about it. Yes. And if we and disagree, okay. Right. Yeah. yeah. Teach your kids. Tell the kids the truth. And just because it's a disagreement, that does not mean it's an argument. I literally I just can... typed that to somebody last night. I said, just because it's a disagreement doesn't mean it has to go all the way left. We just don't right. agree. We just Simple don't agree. That. And that's fine. We can coexist. Just in disagreement, you know, you're going to do your thing and I'm going to do mine. That's what I still might call you tomorrow. It's all love. You know, it's all love yeah. at the end of the day. That's my motto. Absolutely. This is Absolutely. me. It's all love. Always. I'm a, um, let me go here. Okay. In, in situations with women, I was, I'm going to speak about childbirth. I'm going to go there. Yes. Let's. Let's. Um, I've seen situations for myself. And I won't go into too much depth because I won't tell the other party's story. Mm-hmm. But I've seen situations myself where the doctors weren't providing the proper care. And but because we didn't know any better until after the fact, we knew something wasn't right, mm-hmm. but we didn't have the right information until after the fact. And then mm-hmm. it's kind of too late. Yeah. Um, go into some of your experiences. Um did you have any experiences as far as childbirth with things? Absolutely. Absolutely. This is why when you first, when I first saw that post, it was important for me to talk about it because even now I had my kids, the last kid I had was almost 10 years ago and I'm still dealing with the effects of childbirth. You know, my oldest child will be 22 in 2022. Mm. Um, but when I first had him, um, Went into labor. I was in labor for 24 hours. Keep the story as short as possible. I was in labor for 24 hours. Um, the doctor that I had, my doctor was the best. That was one of the best in the city at that time. He, you know, he was the best at what he did, what he knew. You know what I mean? Which is why I went to him. Um, but um, in labor for 24 hours. Ended up at a hospital here, which was one of the newer hospitals at that time, which I thought was like, okay, you know, I'm in good hands. Everything will be right. fine. It'll be perfect. 24 hours in, I've already had my epidural too early because I really wasn't cramping. I really wasn't in full-blown labor. At that point, I had lost my plug. Ladies know what I'm talking about. At that point, I had just lost my plug. They took me I in. I know what you're talking about, the mucus plug. I, I know right. a little bit. Yeah. Okay, okay. So they yeah. took me in. Um, I'm in there and, you know, it's just me and my mom. Um, and, um, they gave me the epidural, like I said, too early. I wasn't having like serious contractions at that time, you know? Mm. So, but 24 hours in, I'm tired at this point. You know what I mean? Like it's getting to the latter part and I've already had the epidural and now I'm contracting, but I don't feel anything because I've had the epidural. 
Wow. So it was strange, right? But at 24 hours, it's getting kind of critical because they're like, okay, the baby's, you know, he's like, he's pushing, he's ready to come out, but he's stuck. He's not moving, right? Not good. So this is, at this point, I've been in there all day because I went in in the morning. It's like almost nine o'clock at night. They decide to um, take me into the OR for cesarean, right? Get into the OR and they start to cut me. And I can feel the scalpel cutting me. Oh, my gracious. Yeah. So I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know what I mean? With, and it's nobody in this OR. Now, today, you know what a cesarean, you have somebody in there with you, right? right, right, right. It's nobody in there with me but the surgeons. And I'm 21 years old, like 20, not even 21. I'm 19, 20 years old. This is right because I had my son uh, in September. My birthday is September. I had him September. Okay. So I'm 19 so years old. You hadn't even turned 20 yet. Wow. I didn't turn 20. Okay. So nobody's in there with me. And um, like I said, I'm like, wait a minute, I can feel that. All right. So he was like, okay, fine. The surgeon's like, okay, fine. Um, I don't know what they did, if they shot me up with something else or whatever. And he goes back and he's like, okay, can you feel this after a few minutes? And I can still feel them cutting me. Then they put the gas mask on my face. They give me gas, like a neuro gas or whatever, okay. put me to sleep. And he's like, count down from 10 and I start counting, but then I get choked and I start coughing and I don't know. I know it wasn't good, but I hear them hollering, Miss Washington, Miss Washington, you know, and then I go out. That's it for me. Nothing I could do. The next time I wake up, I'm being wheeled to the elevator to go back to my room for recovery. And I've already had my baby. I don't even haven't seen my baby. My mom is getting on the elevator with me. We don't know what happened. None of that, right? Oh my gracious! What fast forward? Okay, everything everything turned out. I guess okay. You know, I had my follow ups and everything. Doctor didn't say anything, which is this is another point that I want to talk. When you ladies, when you go to the OBGYN, when you have your yearly checkup, it should be required that we have an ultrasound. That should Even be on your just your regular checkup top, on your regular checkup. That should be off top. Why are we going into 2022 and they're still doing like manual, you know, where you got to put your feet up on the stirrups? Okay, that's fine. You got to take a culture, whatever. But there should be some type of imaging required. Overall, for healthcare, they have, if you can have a CT scan, they have CT machines and MRI machines. Why the hell isn't that technology available for everybody to have? Especially if you have insurance. If you have health insurance, they should be doing like a yearly scan or maybe five years. You know what I mean? Everybody should have that. And I shouldn't be having to come to my doctor and say, hey, I'm having these symptoms. Can you figure out what's going on? And then you want to order. Uh, right, it shouldn't be a special thing. Right. It shouldn't be a special turn thing. Off. And then I got to get approval. I got to wait and get approval from the insurance company. You should all, there should already be some type of imaging thing other than for your, your yearly breast exam. Other than, than for that, there should be a full body, just like when you go to the airport, when you're ready to travel. There needs mm-hmm. to be a full body imaging done for everybody. They want to give you vaccines, don't they? Ooh. Now, that's a whole nother can of worms that we could open up. Um, okay, speaking on that, speaking what's on your that, thoughts before, on that? Go ahead. Before I go back on? to that, I just realized, I looked at my memories and I just realized 
in 2009, they were given H1N1 vaccines. <laughs> yep. They, they've been doing... I even and tell people... Where, where H1N1 at today? It was so serious. Where is it at today? Where's, it wasn't eliminated by the vaccine. Ebola. Where's Ebola at? Where, where's all this stuff that has popped up over the years? And they never do no vaccine for Ebola. Never. Why? Because where it originated from? That came from Africa, right? It, from what they say. So, supposedly. That, that's what I'm saying. Well, from what they say. So, it must have come from Africa because we couldn't get no vaccine on And Ebola been hidden for what? Decades. I was going to say, I tell people they thought it was new. I said, even as far as music, my favorite rap group, they rapped about that back in the 90s, like 94. This is not Ebola been hidden since new. like the 70s, 60s or 70s, I want to yeah, say. It's been here. It's been yeah. here. And, and it originated in Africa, but we can't get no vaccine on because they, they want us gone. Moving on. <laughs> one, way, one way or the other, they want us out here in some form. Moving on. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, but see, people try to make it seem like you're crazy when you go against, you know, go against the grain. But anyway. Um, uh, no, that's frustrating. That's frustrating <laughs> because you should be able to oppose the status quo, oppose the popular opinion able to. You're supposed without to be being crucified. To. You should be able to say, no, I don't trust that right now. I don't care what they told y'all. You I don't trust the ones telling you that. Well, the CDC said, I don't trust them, y'all. Y'all trust them because they're government funded or whatever. It doesn't mean they're right. They this just the have the same government. This is the same government. And I don't mean, oh, oh, my God. This is the same go government. Go into it. Go ahead. This is go the into same it. government <laughs> that allowed those experiments on our the this Tuskegee the experiment government. was real, y'all. The Tuskegee experiment was Absolutely. real. That's not Absolutely. the only experiment. They're experimenting on us now. Keep going. My bad. You got it. You got the floor. This is the same government where that, constitute, that constitution was written that so that our people, you know what I mean? Everything is about control. Everything is about control. Not just for Black people, but they are controlling everybody. Yeah, because because and. I'm going to paraphrase what the late Dick Gregory would speak on, but he, he would talk about other white folks and he would say that the white folks that run stuff, they don't like y'all white folks either. It's nope, like, so it ain't always, out. when it comes to that type of power, it ain't even white or black. It's about, we have the power and we're going to control all of this. Everybody. We're going to make y'all go against each other, but we're going to control all of it. Go ahead. All go ahead. of it. There's a secret society. There is, there are secret societies. I'd be so confused. I'd be baffled. I get baffled by people who don't realize this, you know? But anyway, moving on. So like I was saying, there should definitely be imaging done for people who have health insurance, whether you have okay. conditions or not. You know what I mean? So that okay, way so you ain't got to play. Back on track. We we'll don't have to on. play the guessing game. We don't have to sit around and wait for something, for something to be wrong. Right. Get, have a screening when you come out. When you first pop out, because it's easy, it's not hard now. This they is not hard, right? They yeah, have the, they have the technology. Why not just do it? Okay, you you say you went back for your follow up appointment. Went let's, back let's for my follow up. Everything was fine. You know, I'm young. I'm 19 years old. You know what I mean? I'm popping. Body got back in the just like that. You know what I mean? Okay. But over the years, um, because I didn't have my next child until 2008. So over the years. As you know, I'm getting older. I'm starting to see like the the weight pile on in like my midsection. You know what I mean? My breasts are getting bigger. 
for no reason. And I'm, I'm young. I shouldn't be having to deal with this. And this is what a lot of our women deal with. We still so deal no with it. They don't realize anything like that involved. It was no birth control. Anything I didn't involved. have birth control. I had birth control. Uh, birth control kills your body. That's what I, that's what I was okay. aiming at. Go ahead. Okay. I had birth control at 16. That's when I first started birth control. I probably did it for maybe like a year or two. And that was it. I couldn't, I, could, I don't like the consistency of it. I just couldn't keep up with it. I wasn't like overtly sexual anyway to the point where I needed. If I had a kid, it was because I had a boyfriend, like a long-term boyfriend, okay. you know, okay. stable environment, that type of thing. So um, in 2008 is when I got pregnant with my daughter. But by this time, like I said, I already had gained so much weight in my midsection. Like my legs skinny as hell. You know what I mean? But in my breast sitting up here, you know what I mean? Okay. And it shouldn't be like that. Yeah, <laughs> and I never questioned it. I never questioned this because that's what I was seeing. That's who that's what I was seeing in my people. That's who I was seeing in the people around me. Not my mom per se, but um, you know, like friends, aunts, you know, aunties in the country. If I go down to the country, that's what that's all I see. Everybody got a big stomach, everybody got boobs that sit out. Right. So I'm thinking, okay, well, it skipped my mama, but it got me. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, <laughs> 2008, I have my daughter. I end up at the second. I, okay, I have to have a cesarean because mm-hmm. I had the first cesarean. My doctor said, okay, you're not going to be able to push your baby out because I think your insides are too small. Um, you're just going to have to have a cesarean because even if you even if you did try to push this baby out and I was right there, you could rupture and bleed out and it still wouldn't be enough time to save you. So I went along with that narrative, right? Um, did my test. Everything was fine. Baby was fine. I'm fine. Um, go in for my cesarean. This one was scheduled. Um, go in there, have her. And when she comes out, she's not breathing. She has fluid in her lungs and they didn't, they weren't able to tell me why. Um, I wasn't able to see my baby for like three days right after I had her. What? The other reason is because I, and then right the first, within the first 24 hours, I started to hemorrhage right after I had her. And I didn't know I was in there and the doctor came, the nurse came in and said, wait a minute, something's not right. And I'm pale, you know, I'm itching from the anesthesia. And she's like, let me get the doctor. End up having to have a blood infusion. Blood, uh, what is it? Transfusion? Blood transfusion. Okay. Transfusion. We had lost that much blood? I had lost that much blood within the first 24 hours. I wasn't able to see her for three days and she wasn't able to see me. I When I did see my baby, it was a, a Polaroid picture and she was bloated from gas, like in her stomach okay, and from her mom being full with fluid. Right there. Okay, where does that, at that stage, where are you mentally? Because that's a lot. And then we get back to it. Like, where's your, your mind frame at that point? Scared, uh, confused, because um, during, during the, you know, the previous checkups, everything was fine. Nobody said anything about fluid being in her lungs. Didn't know about the possibility of that even happening. Didn't know what the outcome would be because I didn't have the opportunity to do research. I'm in the hospital. You know what I mean? Um, You know, I did have family. I did have family there with me. So luckily, you know, that was good. Her dad was there. 
uh, my mom was there, his people were there, my best friend was there. So that was all good, you know, just to be surrounded by them and have that support. Um, but they couldn't tell me when I was going to be able to see her um, or, you know, why I was hemorrhaging. They didn't know. I had to um, follow up with my doctors and everything. And um, when she was well, you know, she was able to go home. We all went home. You know what I mean? Healed up. Went to my follow-ups. Okay. Boom. Miss Washington, you have fibroids. Okay. Because, so, okay, let me, let me speak because I, that affects so many women. Fibroids. That affects a lot of Black women. Okay. Yeah. Not just women, but m- Black women make black up the women. majority of the percentage of women who have fibroids. Keep going. I That's have right my theories. I've done tons of research. I'm going to get on to that. But let me just give you the the narrative of, uh, you know, my doctor's appointments, you know, what I'm getting from the, you know, the impression from my doctors. By this time, um, I'm not going to my same doctor anymore. I'm going to Virginia Physicians for Women. Um, and I did have my baby at the same hospital that I had my son. Okay. So, uh, but by at this time, I'm like, okay, they done tried to kill me twice. I'm like, if I have another baby, which at this point, I don't even want to, I'm afraid. Mm. Because at this point, I'm hearing that women, Black women are dying during childbirth. I did not read too much into this at that point. You know what I mean? Um, Because, you know, news was kind of sparse. You know what I mean? Internet was around, you know what I mean? But it wasn't like, you know, being young and being distracted, you know, just didn't I just didn't read too much. You didn't even really know what to look for. Right. And the doctor's like, okay, you got uh, fibroids. It's not really much to do at this point. You know what I mean? Um, It's not really serious. It's not causing you any problems. Let's just leave it alone. And guess what I did? Left it alone. So um, time goes on, you know, and at this point too, I'm dealing, I'm starting to notice uh, side effects of anemia, but I didn't know what it was. Mm. I would get this pain in my hand right here where my thumb is. And it'd be like a sharp pain and it'll just be there, just aching. And I thought it was from like typing because I had a typing. I was, uh, you know, that's what I did all day. So um, it would come and go. You know what I mean? So I left it alone. I didn't, you know, I didn't even get too much into it. Um, Fast forward to 2012 when I'm ready to have my last daughter. I switched up my hospital, switched up my doctor. I kept it in the Virginia, Virginia Physicians Women's uh, for Women's Network, but I went to a different doctor. It's a black doctor. You know, I feel like I can trust her. You know, she's going to tell me one thing, you know, everything. She's going to keep it on her, right? Yeah. Which yeah. she did. Yeah. And I did trust her. She was a great doctor. Okay. Um, okay. I ended up at Henrico and process was smooth. Everything. Doctor's appointments were good. I had my baby. I had to have a cesarean again. Everything went fine. She was great. They did everything. And I put them on game before I went in for my cesarean and everything. I let them know what I had been through and everything. So they did everything that they were supposed to do. Um, After I had her, um, I don't think much changed as far as like the fibroids. They were still there, but I didn't start to deal with the effects of having fibroids until last year. Last year, all of a sudden, and this is what they don't tell you about fibroids, they will blow up, they will expand. And when they do, they cause your uterus to expand. 
which is why a lot of our women, and this is a joke, this is a running joke on Facebook, and I had to check somebody about this. A guy was like, oh, nowadays you don't know who's pregnant, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, no, that's not funny. You know, because you're right, you don't know who's pregnant. And you don't know what the effects of walking around looking like that does to a woman because your hormones are imbalanced. That's why you look pregnant. That's why your uterus has grown, has expanded like this because you have the fibroids. They're growing. They feed on fib- or hormones. Mm. Okay. So as they're feeding on hormones, they also secrete hormones, which causes crazy mood swings, which causes crazy appetite changes, which also causes anemia and iron deficiency. Because you have these fibroids, you're, when you have your cycle, ladies, you bleed extremely heavy, like murder scene heavy. And there are a lot of our women who do this and think that it is normal. Go ahead. I was just going to say a lot of that, like I said, just based on the information I have, your your menstrual cycle is not supposed to be as painful as people experience it. No, no. You're not supposed to have those crazy cramps. You're not supposed to have those aches and pains. I would give this pain right here in my left shoulder and it would radiate all the way down to my middle finger. Wow. Okay. That, you know, that's where your artery is. Your main artery goes up to your heart because I didn't have enough blood in my body. And it would happen to me every month just before my cycle started. And then my cycle will start and it'd be crazy, crazy, crazy heavy. And I would spend days in bed, (laughs) headache, uh, so you were literally years. almost you were literally almost bleeding to death. Almost dying. All, women crazy. talk about this. And I've seen I've seen posts on Facebook where women say, why do I feel like I'm dying every month? I should not feel like I'm dying. You are, sis. You are. That's you are. Crazy. Oh my you are. Gracious. Go to the doctor and get that corrected. And this is the other thing. So this is where the conspiracy part comes in for me is because majority of the women who deal with fibroids are black. Yeah. Right. Okay, the first solution that they're going to give you when you go to the doctor is what? A hysterectomy. Hysterectomy. It's in my notes. Yeah. They want to take your uterus. Why do they want to take your uterus? So that you can't have any more kids. They want to give the impression that if you have fibroids, you are not, you can't be reproductive. That is not true. That's a total lie. That is not true. That is absolutely 100% not true. Fortunately for me, in 2012, when I had my last child, I got my tube tied because I was like, you know what? I'm not doing this again <laughs> because it was too much. It was even with it was just too much feeling. Uh, I felt like I know I've heard a lot of women say that being pregnant is like one of the best times in your life. It is. But when you hit that third trimester and you got five boys, bruh, <laughs> you just feel nasty and icky. And you know what I mean? It's also, like okay, the whole so- process. It was just nasty. So you had to, you had the fibroids doing a, uh, at least one. Or yeah. Two you can be pregnant with fibroids. Yeah. Yeah. And then right after you have your child, that's when they expand because every time after I had a child, I started to get bigger and bigger and bigger every, you know what I mean? And no matter how much I worked out ladies and some of y'all who can relate, no matter how much you work out, you, that midsection ain't going nowhere. Your boobs going nowhere. You can do everything. You can do everything that they have written down for you you take all the advice you that they have out there eat healthy make sure you're getting the fruits and vegetables uh make sure you drink a gallon of water a day drink lemon water i'm doing all of that i and i'm seeing results i'm seeing results 
but I'm not seeing the results that I feel like I should be seeing. Right. And here I am 41 years old and I've gotten rid of it, but it was still, it's been a long, tough road. Okay. You you say you've gotten rid of it now. Mm -hmm. Was that through surgery or through? So what, what happened for me? Okay. This is, let me just give this, this information. What, like I said, they started growing last year out of nowhere. And before that 2019, I had saw like major success with like my workout regimen, my exercise program, my eating habits, all of that. I had everything on point. You know what I mean? I was the smallest I had ever been in my life. I felt really, really good about, you know, what I was doing. Um, 2020, like fourth quarter 2020 hit and I started getting this pain in my left hip, like on my left side. I had moved like a few days before, like my cycle was supposed to start. And I'm thinking, okay, maybe I'm just sore from like the moving because we we live upstairs on um, you know on the outside we live upstairs and um the pain didn't go anywhere for maybe like five or six days cycle comes leaves I still have the pain I'm bleeding heavy you know what I mean fine everything everything is fine after my cycle everything kind of like regenerates and goes back to normal I'm thinking okay you know because I've already seen my doctor I've had the the appointments you know I've had the test to see what's wrong Nothing is checking out as wrong. That's the other thing. Nothing will check out as wrong except for the fact that you have fibroids. You can even have back, even back to when you were hemorrhaging, they still never found out why you was hemorrhaging at the time. Okay, nope. keep going. No, so, so find any information there. No, no. Okay, everything was fine, Miss Washington. You you good? It just happens sometimes, right? So um. 2020, um, as 2020 goes on, progresses, like the end of 2020 progresses, I start to feel worse and worse with each cycle. Like I'm just like being beat down when my cycle comes. Like uh, I, I developed, like um, I could hear my heartbeat in my ear one time after I stopped, stopped working out. I'm like, wait a minute, that feels like I'm pregnant. Because that was one of the symptoms I would know about when I was pregnant. And at this point, ain't no way I'm pregnant. Okay. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, um, it progressively got worse. I couldn't sleep at night. I would have like these sweats, like night sweats. I would be drenched in sweat. Mm-hmm. Wake up like just for nothing, drenched in sweat. Um, and then it got to the point where uh, February 2021 hit and I couldn't sleep. And um, it was right before, no, before that, December 2020, um, a few days, one day after I had worked out, you know, come home, lay down or whatever. And I'm sleeping more than normal by this point. I get up one day and I'm ready to get up and start my household chores or whatever, but I'm still sleepy. It's, I'm groggy. It's hard for me to get up. And I get up, get on my feet, and I pass out. Whoa. And I'm like, whoa, what in the hell is going on? Scary, right? And I thought I was dehydrated because my, I was dry, my throat was dry. You know what I mean? I'm like, okay, maybe I didn't drink enough water, which is a habit that I need to correct um, during my workout. And so I drink water, you know what I mean? Gather myself, get myself together. And I'm thinking I'm fine. You know, I called the ambulance that day. Everything checked out. You know what I mean? They're like, do you want to go to the hospital? I'm like, no, nah, I'll just follow up with my doctor, which I didn't because I was scared. I'm what, behind it. I was what afraid. Did you think it might have been? What, what did you think it might have been? I didn't know what it could have been. I just didn't just know. Didn't I thought I, I honestly thought I was dehydrated. I honestly thought I was dehydrated, but it because it didn't register for me. It didn't connect for me. 
because uh, like the next day I got my cycle. Okay. So things were still kind of normal. Right. It was okay. right. Right. I'm, I'm just still putting together that. So, okay. Fast forward January, 2020, uh-huh. my cycle is coming. I know it's coming like the week before I'm having all these symptoms, the crazy symptoms, the crazy mood swings, the night sweats, the, you know what I mean? The cramps, all of that. Right. Um, I make it through January, 2020 and hit February the week before my period. And I could not take it anymore. I could not take it. I'm out of breath. Mm-hmm. I, like out of breath for no reason. I can't sleep, but I'm tired. I was, it was like one, it was a three day stretch where I didn't get any sleep, but I was so tired. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this is because all of this is because, um, and then my heart is pounding no matter what I do. My heart is pounding. So I was like, I got it. And this was the last snowstorm of in February. So I was like, I got to I got to go to the doctor. Something's not right. I need to go to urgent care. Drive myself to urgent care. And they say, well, you need to go to the hospital because something's not right. Your heartbeat, because I'm not when I'm laying down, it's like my heart is skipping beats. And it's because my hemoglobin is at a seven. From the blood loss every month that I'm having like this major blood loss every month. What's she doing? Uh, I don't even know what the normal range is. I don't know. I need to look that up. That's cool. Because I'm still fighting this. Oh, wow. Um, and yeah, they're like, you need to have a blood transfusion. And it's because my iron is low. It's because my blood is low because I've been fighting the heavy periods every month from because the fibroids that have fibroids because they cause the heavy periods. So each month, instead of my body replenishing the blood levels, everything that it's supposed to, it's, it's replenishing, but it's not replenishing enough to save me. So I'm basically dying. Oh my so get to the hospital. They give me the blood transfusion. They want to keep me for a few days. They didn't even, even being at the hospital, they still didn't tell me everything. They knew stuff, but they wouldn't tell me everything, right? They'd say, okay, your, your magnesium is low. Your potassium is low. Um, you know, af- even after the blood transfusion, because everything has to replenish itself, right? right. I've, I've got a cardiologist. When I came out of it, I had to, had to see a cardiologist to figure out why my heart was doing this. Um, then he put me on medication to like calm my heartbeat down. Instead of saying, hey, if you're anemic, if you're anemic, the reason why your, your heart is doing this is racing like this because you need to replenish your blood levels. They gave me iron pills, whatever. But they did not tell me if I corrected the, you know, if I corrected my blood levels that I won't have to take the medicine. They just gave me the medicine and sent me on no money. It's right. no money in that. Yeah. Right. They want to give you the medicine for that money. Go ahead. They put me on all these heart monitors, tests and everything. Instead of just saying, hey, just you know, correct this issue. And the reason why you're having this major blood loss is because it's probably because you have fibroids. If you have fibroids, they are feeding on your blood supply through your uterus, through your main artery, through your femoral artery in your uterus. That's where the blood loss, because they're feeding on all the nutrients that you eat. So what you eat definitely affects it. It makes them grow. Um, There is nothing that you can do to uh, naturally to stop them. There, if there is, I haven't found it yet. And I've been researching. Every woman that I've encountered, that I've, you know, talked to, 
and the information on the internet on Google, don't even waste your time. Don't even waste your time. <laughs> that's, that's sad. It's a slap in the face. It's basically what it is. It's all the information that somebody else has done. They've repeated it from medical journals and everything rather than doing the actual research and offering actual support to us and documenting these actual experiences that women are having um, so that the information can be put out there properly. Other than that, women have, we have to be our own advocates. We have to go out and we have to find this information for ourselves. Which is led, what led me to uh, groups on Facebook, which led me to like, um, like, what are those boards on, on Google where you find where people have, like, they post reviews or they talk about topics and stuff. Okay. That's where I found the information that because I knew something wasn't right. If you go to Google and you're looking for something and you keep finding the same answers, like, that should be a red flag on anything. And I knew there was more than what was being, you know, the information that was being given to me. They gave me a pamphlet at the doctor. They gave me a nice little pamphlet. That pamphlet ain't hitting on nothing, okay? But that's, again, that's why it was, it's important for us to do this, to actually yeah. hear from your experiences. Yeah, what you absolutely. Went through, instead of absolutely. a lot of copy, copy and paste information. Because they, that they know. will. That they even, will. even as men, we need to know it's not just for you all. We could so we can understand because I remember what we're going in, through. Yes. Even looking back in at least one of my marriages, if I had known what th- certain things really was, I would have understood the mood swings and this and that, that it wasn't just her being a, you know. And then you would have approached the situation differently. You could have offered support. Right. But you, from your perspective, you're looking at it from. The perspective of what everybody else saying, man, she crazy. <laughs> she crazy, man. She crazy. <laughs> right? Even though, even though she, and we cool now. We no, no, cool. you know. No, 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 okay. no, you cannot. <laughs> I will not allow you to do that. We no. good, though. We cool. It ain't good. No, we good. good. She crazy, though. Because just my sisters go through so much. We, as Black women, we go through so much. That's why I refuse as a woman to like beef with like a, a one of my sisters. I don't have no beef with, it's all love, sis, all the time. You know what I mean? It, wherever I can offer support, wherever I can offer information. And if I could be an advocate, you know what I mean? That's what I'm going to do. I don't have no, if, if, if you got me wrong, if there's a problem, guess what? It's on your end. I don't have no problem. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, but fast back to what I was saying, um, so I ended up, so the options that the doctor gave me were, first of all, she's scared. This is my doctor. She's scared. She doesn't want to do the hysterectomy because she feels like I have too much scar tissue from having cesarean. So she doesn't have the experience. This is her, basically she's scared because she doesn't have the experience. She wants the oh. money, but then she doesn't have the experience to do the procedure. So she gives me the option of, okay, you can have the hysterectomy or you can have an embolization. The embolization is when they go in and they shoot you up with like, they, they block the artery so that the fibroids can stop feeding on your blood supply and your, your minerals and your vitamins. So it essentially dies. But it's not good to the artery though, right? It's okay to block it because it will come. Apparently what they are saying is that everything else will restore itself, but the fibroids. But there are instances where women have to have had 
like repeat procedures, like the fibroids do come back. But the this five this this procedure isn't the only one. There are different procedures. So I did do a little bit of research for y'all because I don't want to just be talking and I don't have no answers. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> so you can have an ablation. The uterine fibroid ablation is where they go in and they burn the lining of your endometrium where the fibroids grow. This also cures, like if you have endometriosis, which is where the lining, I think it swells or something, and it causes heavy bleeding every month. Um, then it also it cures, what is it, adenomosis, something like that, which causes heavy bleeding as well. So the embolization cures those. Or the ablation cures those because it burns the lining. So it basically kills the lining of your uterus. So that means you don't have a cycle anymore. Wow. So the embolization, which is what I had, is where they go in and they block with like gel beads, which causes the fibroids to die. And then it essentially all becomes scar tissue. There are different types of fibroids now. There are like five different types of fibroids. You can have them on the inside of your uterus or you can have them on the outside of your uterus. If they are on the inside, your body is supposedly absorbing um, the, the fibroid and as it dies. So it becomes, yeah, it becomes a scar is what I was told. What in the world? If they are on the outside of your uterus, they can, um, as they die, they can fall off. So you, are, you give birth to a dead fibroid. I was going to say, you, they die off and go where? So they actually come out. Yeah. Yeah, they come out. So it's important for ladies for you to know when you go to the doctor, if you have fibroids, ask your doctor how many you have, where are they located, and what types they are so that you know hey. what you're dealing with. I was looking at a video the other day. The lady said once they finally went in and did the, the surgery to remove the fibroids, it was like 30-some small mm -hmm. fibroid tumors. And yes. Stuff. I said, oh, yes. my God. You can have, you can have, mine was seven centimeters. Which but is they thought uh, it was eight. They thought they told originally it was only eight of them, and they took out. Yes, something. yes, yes. Right. So, so you can you can you can go in as they'll do the MRI, all the the imaging and whatever, but they still won't be able to tell exactly how many they are unless they physically go inside your uterus with uh, another procedure, which is called a myo. Excuse me, a myomectomy. That's where they actually go in. Um, they can go in laparoscopically with through your navel. Mm -hmm. which is where the robot goes in and actually takes them out and they actually pull them out of your uterus. Your uterus heals from there. <laughs> and yes, you are still able to have kids with the myomectomy. You can have kids. Women have had successful births. Women have had successful births with the uh, embolization. What the problem with the embolization is um, it can cause your ovaries to stop working for a certain period of time. The, pro the process do does come back. So it does produce the hormones, but you need your ovaries. So if you are to uh, have a hysterectomy, don't let them take your ovaries if it is not necessary. Oh, um, listen, so. listen, right now, I'm, I'm, I'm really mind blown because I had some surface level information through my own research and from, you know, I've dated women. So I've dealt with some that have dealt with some things, but everything you just said has Y'all, y'all go, y'all deal with a lot. We go through a lot. Y'all go through a lot. Like a lot. And that's even before the procedures. Okay. The hormones in itself, 
hormones will drive you crazy. And furthermore, if you have uh, anemia, like low blood, you're the point to the point where you're, um, you're symptomatic anemic, which is what I was called. Your anxiety is, your anxiety makes you feel like you're going crazy. Every other minute, you probably feel like you're dying. Yeah, that's what I was dealing with. I'd be talking myself off the ledge all day long. No okay, lie. question, question. Does that get misdiagnosed sometimes as maybe a mental disorder? You yes. might be yes. diagnosed as being bipolar yes. when it's really something. Yes. Oh my gracious. Yes, I just spoke with two ladies on uh, Friday, one lady on Friday in another Facebook group, and she talked about the mood swings and um, the, you know, the other symptoms of having the hor- dealing with the hormones and the cycle mm-hmm. and everything. And because what, what happens is if you have fibroids, you're on like a, like a, you're on like two cycles, basically. You already have, your body already has naturally two cycles. It's the menstrual cycle. And then for women, you have the, um, the ovulation cycle, right? Okay. But if you have fibroids, then there's another cycle that they don't talk about. I don't even know if it's a name or what, but just noticing from my experience, a week or two before my cycle would start, I'm breaking out in acne, like hormonal acne all up and through here. All over, you can see, still see the scars on my chest, okay. all over my shoulders, everywhere. I'm sweating at night. I'm drenched in sweat. I don't deal with this now because it's, it's correcting itself. But um, I, I could be sore, like my whole body could be sore. I'd be dealing with the cramping, you know what I mean? And then, of course, the heavy bleeding. Good. So the other procedure that you can have is um, the hysterectomy. The hysterectomy, I think, should be in severe cases. This is just me. In severe cases where you are, your body is completely riddled with fibroids. In a lot of cases, this happens for us because we've gone so long without getting it rectified. We go to the doctor. You don't get the ultrasound. You got to put your legs up on the stirrup. They swab you for a culture. You might get an irregular culture. You might get a, you might get a regular culture sometimes, but they'll, they'll, they'll take it. And then they'll send it back. Oh, it's nothing. You're good. Or you just need an antibiotic. You're good. But then you don't realize you keep getting the urinary tract infection. You keep getting the bacteria infection. It's because you have fibroids. This is the kind of stuff that they, and when they break down, this is what happens often if you have fibroids too. They break down and they regenerate. They, if they break down, they call degenerating. And it's because they've outgrown the blood supply where they're located on that artery or on that vein or whatever. Um, and if they break down, they grow somewhere else or they grow so big that the fibroids begin to have babies. So inside of your fibroid are multiple other smaller fibroids. Yeah. So which is why when you said uh, somebody went and they had the surgery, they thought they had a certain amount. But when they got in, there were more. Yeah. Oh, my Lord. That. So if you're having a hysterectomy, um, like I said, which is the case with our people, a lot of the times um, is because your uterus is so riddled or bogged down with fibroids. And by this point, you're going to know you're bleeding heavy every month. You have you have the three cycles. You're you're having all of the symptoms. (laughs) Let me jump in. Okay, you talked about the heavy bleeding and because hysterectomies have become so normalized. Mm-hmm. Some actually you want to use them for the wrong purpose now. Mm-hmm. As a okay, 
they want to use it to fix that issue instead of fixing what the issue actually is. Mm -hmm. Heavy bleeding. So if I take this out, I won't bleed no more. Mm -hmm. Why not fix why, why you're bleeding anyway? Like that's so heavy. Fix that part first. Mm -hmm. But by the time a lot of the women, by that time, they're tired of dealing with the symptoms. They're tired of dealing with all of it. I've seen women just like, just take the whole damn uterus. Just take the whole mm. damn, take it out of me. But you don't never want to get to a point where they're taking order, organs out of your body. Don't let them take your organs out of your body, especially women. Don't, sis, I don't care if you don't need it no more. Don't let them take your organs. Because then what are they doing with it when they take it? And you don't even know how far medicine may advance. You can, you, you can, you can have these smaller procedures there. Okay. And let me go on to this. Okay. So you can have the, the hysterectomy or you can have what they call now is, uh, something called myoshore. This is, um, this is like the laparoscopic myomectomy, but they go in through the vagina and they use, um, some kind of stencil or something. And they take the, um, fibroids out that way. I think this, this may be for smaller fibroids and that certain. I haven't done much research on this. This one is newer. There's also a sonogram one where it's like an ultrasound where they use the ultrasound waves to break down the, uh, the fibroids from the outside. So you don't, it's not an invasive procedure either. Um, and let me go back to this. The, the embolization, which is what I had, they went in through the wrist. You see the little dot right there? Wow. Yeah. They went in through so the wrist. It, Right. Okay. They went in through the wrist. Um, the prep time for the procedure was more extensive than the actual procedure for itself. Um, and two, if you do have this procedure, don't let them send you home because they're going to be on so many drugs. You're going to be so loopy. You don't even think you're going to make it afterwards. Uh, the pain that I dealt with after that, that was, I don't even, I've never had labor pains to the point where I'm feeling like I need to push because I've had the cesarean every time. But that was that was a lot. It was so bad. I had to do uh, Oxycontin. Good gracious. Yeah, that was yeah. heavy. That was, that was a lot. Heavy. Yeah. So, okay, so um, how long ago did you have the procedure and where are you with that now? I had the procedure in June. Um, so right now, um, I can tell that and it's a little scary right after you have the procedure because you're thinking that maybe it didn't work. You're kind of still dealing with the symptoms. You still look the same, you know what I mean? So it requires patience. Um, I was still bloated. That was one of the main things. Like even for how small I was, I was like, my stomach was so bloated. I looked like I was about six months pregnant and I didn't realize it until I caught a video of myself and I was out at the grocery store and this was right around the time where my cycle was about to start. And I hadn't even looked at myself because I was so miserable dealing with the other symptoms. But I saw this video, I'm like, why the hell do I look pregnant? Something is not right. So go back to the doctor. You know what I mean? And, you know, that's what the outcome was. But um, it got to, that was the worst of the worst. That was probably my lowest point. I'm definitely not as bloated as I was. I'm still trying to work a lot of that off. Um, my anemia is, has not gotten to where it should be. Right after the procedure, it was perfect. It was good. I was at a good point. I didn't have any of those symptoms. But I've been finding that um, as time progresses and still having cycles, um, it kind of is like it's depleting and I'm having to start all over again. So I have to kind of work at my anemia because apparently it takes longer to correct the symptoms uh, and of 
uh, iron deficiency and anemia, it takes longer to correct that, even though you've gotten rid of the cause for it. Wow. So, yeah. If you you sitting up eating ice, sis, cut it out. Eat some spinach. <laughs> and you know what? Because my mother used to do that growing up, and I, of course, I see a lot of women do it. And mm -hmm. of course, before I knew, it, I'm thinking like, it's ice, it's kind of like normal. Oh, they just doing it just because? Yeah. No, no. People talking about I'm gonna go get the Sonic ice. I'm gonna go get this, but mm -hmm. it's like no. Yeah, I had my favorite wrong. ice. I would do it every single day. I had my favorite ice. I would go to Wawa. Wow. Wawa ice and it still kind of hit a little bit. I ain't <laughs> but I don't do it. I, 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 when I feel like I need it, I know that something is wrong. Mm, okay. So That's just an indicator that something the, is wrong. Learn yeah. your symptoms, learn your right. signals, learn, right. learn whatever it is, like you said. Right. We, we, because we there's a cycle. For the ice. Whatever happens, whatever happens, whatever condition you're dealing with, whatever disease you're dealing with, if you come to a point where you're having a crisis in that whatever, you know, condition you're dealing with is because there's a cycle. You might have times where you're feeling really, really bad. And then there are times where it kind of passes you by, you know what I mean? But if you're coming to that point where you notice where things are going to get bad again, like, you know, uh, my left eye be twitching, mm, you know, yeah, right. so that means my stomach going to be hurting real, real bad. And yeah, it ain't for something. good luck. It ain't for right. good luck. Not for good luck. Recognize what it's for. <laughs> right. It's not yeah. for good luck. So you, you need to do what you need to do before that happens. Because what happens is if you keep coming to crisis after crisis after crisis, it wears you down. It beats you down. You become depressed and you start, you're in a hole. You're basically in a hole. You have to climb your way back out of that hole. And it's hard. Once you start thinking that things aren't going to get better than what they are, or um, this is the way that it always is, then guess what? That's what it becomes for you. Mm. Your mindset is everything and power is truly in the tongue. Huh. Speak life. Absolutely. Because just because that's the way that it is, that doesn't mean that that's the way it has to be. And that does not mean that's the way that things will always be for you. If you think positively and look at your situation as you, you can get better, you can have better, you deserve better. And you know your worth, you deserve better. You don't have to deal with the status quo. You don't have to accept what somebody is giving you. You create your own opportunities. You create what it is that you want to see. You can be who you want to be. It's true. It's really true. So don't don't get into that. Don't go down that rabbit hole of depression. But depression happens to everybody. That's the other thing. Depression happens to everybody. That is a, a mood. It's a, just a happy, sad, ecstatic, depressed. It happens Absolutely. to everybody. It's not just a... a Oh, I'm depressed because this or that. You can just be depressed just to, just because. Some days you don't know why. You don't it know why. A, it could be a collection of things that you don't recognize and you're just mm -hmm. down. You're mm -hmm. just down. Right. And that's the other thing I wanted to touch on too. Get your blood work done. Okay. If you don't, if you don't do anything, get your blood work done. Go get, let them do a panel of your blood work. And so you can figure out if you have any deficiencies. Like you have vitamin deficiencies because that's the other thing with uh, black women is supposedly vitamin D. If you're vitamin D deficient, it can cause it's related to fibroids somehow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, so back to the cause, what's causing these fibroids? Is it the food? Is it the medications? What is making it so that they're happening more in black women? at this point than others, what, what does it come from? 
I have yet to find a solid, serious answer as to why it's happening to black women more than or why it's happening, period. Like I said, one of the causes I'm hearing about is uh, vitamin D deficiency. The other thing that I heard about was um, estrogen. That's the other thing I want to talk about, the hormonal imbalance. Um, If your hormones are imbalanced, if you have excess estrogen in your body, excuse me, it can it causes tumors to grow, which is also uh, from what I heard, you can have breast cancer from excess estrogen. So your body should have a balance of testosterone, um, estrogen, and there was another one, progesterone. Okay, okay. All of those, um, they kind of, I think they kind of balance. There are times when they're, they're, uh, your estrogen is higher and your progesterone is lower, your testosterone is lower. And then there's times when your progesterone is higher and your estrogen is lower. And which causes things to happen in your body. If they're, if they're, if they're going back and forth naturally, then that, I think that's the cycle. But if you have excess estrogen, one of the causes is huge breasts, big butt, big, big abnormal butt, big ab- abnormal, like, but yeah. Yep. Damn. Yep. Um, and, uh, and, and a larger, larger abdomen. Yeah. Uh, or I'm this, the cheeks, just... the big, the okay. big, the the jowls here, the big mm-hmm. uh, jaws down right, here. Right, right, okay. Some women have the hump in their shoulders. You can have like the hump in your shoulders. You can have the hump right at your back, on the back of your neck I've here, seen, right at the I've top of your that. spinal cord. I've seen that. That's if you have excess estrogen, those are the symptoms, and it causes fibroids supposedly to grow, which I feel like. Since I've been working to balance my hormones, that helped a lot as well. So before I found out all of this, when I was going through it, I don't know that there was, if I was actively working to shrink my fibroids on my own, I don't think so. I was doing everything that I could. I was eating healthy. I was making sure I was getting enough protein. I was drinking gallons of water every day. I was drinking green tea. I was making sure I get my iron supplements and I was eating spinach every day. You know what I mean? I was doing everything I could, but I could not keep, this was before I got my fibroids treated. I could not keep up with the cycle. No matter what I did, they continued to grow. Wow. Oh my gracious. They continued to take from me every, every time. Like I would, I would build everything up. I would get, get my, I would have to basically prepare myself for my period is what was happening because I would have to, make sure I was getting enough iron in my system. I would have to take supplements and everything. This is the point where it was really, really bad before I had my procedure, like in March, April, and June, May and June. Mm-hmm. I was, um, like I said, I was eating salmon every day, eating the, the spinach every day. I was taking my protein shakes in the mornings. I was doing my supplements, like my magnesium, my potassium, my folate, uh, my iron pills, I had to take those, all of that from February until June to make sure that I was surviving. Because if I didn't, when my cycle came, when it was super, super heavy, I could have, there was definitely times I could have died. Honestly. Honestly. Yo, this is. Because this is if fibroids are one thing, but fibroids with anemia is like a, that's like the one, two punch. 
So, so all of these options, but they go to hysterectomy first. Go ahead, keep going. Hysterectomy, yes, all of these options, but a lot of doctors will advocate for the hysterectomy. Don't let that be your only option. If your doctor is trying not to hear what you're saying, get you another doctor. Fire it's, the doctor. It's okay to do that, y'all. It's okay. You can do like, that. I'm yes. Out. Yeah. I don't trust you. I'm going to right. somebody else. Right. Don't. I don't understand too. Why do we? Why do people think that everything the doctors say is right? We and you don't owe them no loyalty. You don't owe that none. doctor any loyalty. Cause guess what? Then again, you know it. The only loyalty they want from you is, yeah, sure, make your appointment. Cause what's gonna happen? They gonna get paid anyway. Whether you pay anyway. your copay, whether you pay your bill afterwards, they still getting paid. They yeah. getting paid three ways. So it's best to find one that's gonna do what they're supposed to do. Absolutely. Um, I'm gonna tell you what, what the doctor told me. As far as picking a healthcare uh, a, a, um, PCP, mm-hmm. pick a doctor who's just coming out of medical school who's young. It's not a bad thing because they're looking for patients. They're hungrier. They're going to have more knowledge. They're going to be up and up on the new stuff. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Don't get an older doctor. Pick you a new, younger doctor, which is what I did. So, um, and that helps me a lot. You know what I mean? So, and then my kids are seeing, you know, seeing that doctor because <laughs> to going back to the black household and having a primary care physician. Um, <clears throat> my kids have a doctor and they see, you know, they see. Um, it's not a race thing, but they see white doctors. And I was thinking for a long time, that's where I needed to go because I felt like they have the better health care. You know what I mean? But as I went in, my both of my daughters are dealing with an issue that is not normal. And it looks like it could be one thing, but it's actually something different, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just without going too much into detail. Cool. And um, because what it looks like on the outside, every time we go in, we'll go in for one specific thing. Okay, my daughter had an ear infection. We had to go to the doctor. Um while we're in the doctor, he's bringing up this thing that has nothing to do with the issue that she's dealing with right now and trying to give me advice and tell me this is why she's like this. And I'm saying, no, this has, that doesn't have anything to do with it. We're doing everything we're supposed to do. There's something else going on, but that's not even why we're here. Wow. So I'm addressing, you're not even addressing the issue for why you're there. Right. He's trying to tell me the reason why things are the way that they are for something else. And I'm like, no, this is why I'm going to get me a new doctor. We're going to get new doctors, which is what I did. So, so that we can rectify this and they don't have to deal with, you know, that going on, you know what I mean? Into their teen years or whatever. So uh, don't let these doctors tell you what is what, know your stuff, know what you're dealing with. Even if know your body, Know how to ask questions. Don't be afraid to ask questions. And don't give, let them give you that authoritative tone when you go into the doctor, when they're trying to, you know, tell you, oh, that's not pain, that's pressure. Talk back to them. Like, this is my, you know, this is my body. This and is I my body. I got the money. You have the leverage. The value is in you. Know your worth. The right. value is in you. Because this that's the other thing. Go ahead. Go with it. <laughs> that's the other thing man they're trying to like i said they're trying to pull the wool over your eyes a lot of these systems corporations other thing have way too much power than they should 
you work five days out of seven and you got two for yourself. You go into this, you're giving the, the value too much to these corporations when you think and having a job is the end all be all. And then when you go for the job, you don't even negotiate your pay. You this is your time. This is your time you're selling to these people. Why are you not asking for the most for your time? Now, and here it is, 2022, and Family Dollar just offering $25 an hour. Come on, man. And, but and some people are happy about that. And if you've never made that cool, but I think about I can make twenty five dollars right now. Why can't why, why are you going to try to give me twenty five and for a whole hour of my time is only worth twenty five dollars. I, I just even as a young a younger person and of course, I've worked different jobs. I'm in a different position now where I'm, you know, but. That never really made sense to me. I don't care what the amount was. Mm-hmm. It could be a hundred an hour. Well, I can mm-hmm. make a hundred right now if I need to. That's right. Why is my time? Why don't we look at our own time as being more valuable than that? Right. Because before that, guess what it was? Ten dollars, eleven dollars, seven dollars. And it's I called worked minimum a job wage. one time. I it's worked a job wage. one time. I worked a job one time and they said they were gonna give me a raise. I was the shift manager. This was me mm-hmm. straight out of high school. I'm working at um Long John Silver's. I'll never forget it. I'm shift manager. I'm already making seven dollars an hour because I started out as a cashier, right? But now I'm the shift manager, and you're saying, "Okay, I'm gonna give you a raise." Guess how much the raise was? I don't even want. What was it? Like a quarter? Ten cents. I packed my stuff up and left that next day. I didn't even go back. I went to the temp agency and started working temp jobs and was making five, six, seven dollars an hour more than what I was making there. But because they know some people look at don't know any better, won't question it, won't don't know their worth, don't know their true value. Even the term minimum wage never set right with me because it meant Mm -hmm. if they could pay me less, they would. Mm -hmm. But it's minimum. This is the minimum minimum. I can pay you. It's the minimum. Government won't let me pay you no less than this. Right. But if I could, I'll pay you a dollar hour if I could. Right. And because I can, and because you're gonna accept it. Cause you're willing to take anything. Cause that's because you're living in the lack mentality. And some people get offended when people talk about ownership, owning businesses. It's not so much for the glamorization of it. Mm-hmm. We don't own anything y'all. Mm-hmm. It's just as simple as that. In all of these different industries. Yeah. We have a person, a few pop up that own a black owned grocery store or own this. We don't have not one plane, train or boat. And they make it about, so the system is set up war, so that you cannot you bomb. The system is set up so that we cannot. Don't ever think that you can't work. You're not working hard enough, that you're not doing enough. The system, the way that this system is set up is made so that you do not progress in that way because you're in, they don't want you to have it. That's why everybody jumped on this bandwagon. It's Black Lives Matter all of a sudden. And, and that's the other reason why you need to have the vaccine because they don't want you to know the truth. If you choose not to have that vaccine, you're going to, everybody's going to know the truth. Well, let them know the truth. But they don't want you to know the truth. That's they the thing. Because if they, if you know the truth, then guess what? They lose power. And, and they're excellent at what they do, y'all. That's why mm-hmm. I get so almost, I'm not surprised, but I'm surprised when people feed into it, but 
they're excellent at at mind manipulation and it's called television programming for a reason. Mm-hmm. I don't even watch TV. I don't even watch TV. People talk about different now. It, it, I choose what I watch. I don't just turn mm-hmm. the TV on right. and watch the news. Right. I don't just I watch the news. I out the sources. Right. I just watch. I know what I want, what I'm looking for, and I know how to find it now. I, know how to I don't let it. TV watch me. At all. So, yeah. So. Uh, okay. I was about to ask you, once you found the right um, PCP, the right doctor or the right mm-hmm. gynecologist, was it through them that you you found out most of this information? Is there one that's going to, because you spoke about a lot of different things that could be going wrong from the estrogen levels to mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just all the different imbalances that alone, it'd be hard for a person to just recognize that by themselves. Yes. So did a lot of that come from the doctor you found or a lot of that was your own research? Um, When I was, see, I'm because, because I research everything for me. I research everything. So um, in between the time that when I first had that crisis, when I passed out, um, you know, I was just taking mental notes. And then I ended up, like I said, going to my doctor. Um, and then in between that, though, when I had the blood transfusion and everything, I had several trips where I had to go back to the emergency room because I was still dealing with like the heart palpitations and stuff. And I would ask questions while I was in there. You know what I mean? And just paying attention to the type of test that they ran and all that kind of stuff. I took all of that into account. And then I came back and I researched everything that I could, everything that I dealt with and everything that my doctor said when I finally made it to my gynecologist and told her what was going on um, and explained to her everything. And she she kind of broke it down for me and gave me answers okay. that I didn't know. Um, you know what I mean? Like she kind of confirmed some things for me. Okay. As, as far as like what, what I was dealing with, she was like, um, she said, well, maybe, you know, if you, I was like, cause I'm having this anxiety, whatever, whatever. And she was like, well, you know, it could be your hormones or maybe you're having the anxiety because you know, your cycle is coming and you are afraid because you ha- you're bleeding heavily. But if you are bleeding heavily every month, you're naturally going to deal with anxiety. Mm-hmm. It's just when you bleed heavy, you get afraid. Think about being shot. Think about being in a situation if you were shot and you know that you might not survive because you're bleeding. Have you never seen this much blood? You get scratched. That's one thing. Right. But if you're bleeding heavy, it's going to make your nerves. It's going to cause your hormones to um, to come out more rapidly, to it secrete more rapidly, which is what happens when you have your cycle. So you're having more hormones. You're dealing with more hormones that you normally would be using used to dealing with because you're bleeding heavily. So it's like the fight or flight, right? If you're in a situation and you're scared, like being shot, you're in a situation and you're scared and you get shot and you're bleeding, then your hormones, because you're scared, your hormones are going to secrete. You're going to have the cortisol. You're going to have the estrogen, the, the progesterone. You have the testosterone. Whatever hormones there are, you're probably going to experience all of those feelings right at that one moment. But women deal with that every single month because you're bleeding heavy, because you you, and you have no reason to be. You didn't get hurt. You didn't get punctured. You didn't get stabbed. You didn't get shot. You're just bleeding because this is your natural monthly cycle. And then you begin to realize that it can take you out. Wow. Well, look. Whew. Yes. 
I almost feel tired after listening to all of this because it's a lot to take in. And, and think of think of being a woman and having to deal with it every 25, 28 days. But that's why I had to get you to come on and, and do it justice because it's no way a man could relate this. No. Properly. I could have sat here and statistically said all of the things that you said and it still wouldn't have scratched the surface. Never. As someone that actually has gone through it and still dealing with parts of that. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, and in my situation, I almost say my situation might be light to compare to some of the stuff that I've seen in the group. I've seen pictures of people who've had their whole uterus taken out. They want to see pictures where they have it laid out and you can see it riddled with fibroids from tube to tube down to the, the hole. <laughs> fibroids or women who have the endometriosis you know what I mean or women who in addition to having fibroids also have to deal with cysts on their ovaries that's listen educate education is key education questions listen to your body is key if you're it's gotten to the point where we all hurt so much that we've we've just accepted it normal Mm-hmm. but it's not right you're not supposed to wake up and be in pain or you're not supposed to experience these cycles of pain nope all throughout your life that's not nope. normal we've normalized that's the other thing that's another thing i'm it's starting to cut you off the back pain the back pain oh, the back pain your lower back down mm-hmm. around your kidneys or you might think it's your kidneys it's the fibroids because they're pressing on so many different nerves and can affect different parts of your body in different areas of your body the other thing is the frequent urination, like having to go to the bathroom, all like you're pregnant. These are symptoms of being pregnant, but it's because your your uterus has tumors, so it gives the air of being pregnant. And women who have not had babies actually have fibroids. That's another myth. You don't have to be having babies already or anything. It's whatever they did, somebody did something and put it in the bloodline somewhere. So that black women have fibroids. It's not a natural cause. It just is not just here just because somebody has the answers. It happens for a reason because the same reason why our black people are going to jail. (laughs) Population control, all that stuff is real, y'all. Absolutely. You don't have have to believe it for it to be real. You don't have to think it's real for it to be real. Mm -hmm. But if you look around at the things that are affecting us systematically through education, through um, the medical field, and just all Mm -hmm. economically, Mm -hmm. it's all Mm -hmm. set up to keep us at a disadvantage. Absolutely. Always has been, and it still is. And more people are aware of it now. More people are waking up, which I'm so glad for that. Um, I wish that we could do, we could come together more and do more to help each other. Um, but even if we did, you know, when I think about um, coming together, unifying and, you know, creating spaces for ourselves, I think about Black Wall Street. Mm, right, right. You know, so. <laughs> even if we do, they're going to try to, they're going to try to shoot you down. They're going to try to shoot another you down. Bomb. They bombed mm-hmm. us before. Mm-hmm. They'll do it mm-hmm. again. Philadelphia is, is and, and unfortunately, Tulsa wasn't the only place that was bombed before. It's been other mm-hmm. black absolutely um communities that were doing very well mm-hmm. that they just outright burned destroyed. to the ground. It's outright, not by mistake, they outright destroyed them. 
right here mm-hmm. on the land of the free home of the brave. Mm-hmm. Let's let's become more aware, y'all. Let's educate ourselves more, and let's keep these types of conversations going. I hate that. You know, I hate that when we talk about these type of things, you're looked at as militant. Hmm. You looked at as as rebelling. You know what I mean? That's when I was in high school before I was before I really got into like the real rap music. Before I got because Tupac was one of my favorite artists. Okay. And before I really got into Tupac, there was a few songs I like, okay, Brenda's having a baby. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Keep your head up. You know, I like those things. But before I, there was parts of his catalog that I didn't touch because I always thought he was militant and he was just angry. But that mm-hmm. is the, that is the portrayal that was given to him for a reason. Cause they didn't, if you listen to the music, you listen to him, you like, no, he's right. He, and he's he, telling he's the right. absolute truth. Right. The stuff he said then resonates resonates right now. now. Not just him and Lauren Hill. What happened with Lauren Hill? They made her seem like she was crazy. So she left. She like, look, y'all can have it. It ain't worth all of this. It's, it's not. not and people want to know why she didn't put out a second album because you first, furthermore, you focusing on the journey. You're not focusing on the message. Mm. Mm. You worried about if she putting out a second album. You need to be listening to what the hell she said in the first one. Because if you was listening to the first one, you wouldn't be worried about whether she gonna put out a song. Or listen you to her You would have took. You would have took her message and ran with it. You would have did greater work than what she did, which is what or I am trying to do. Listen to what she she did do to unplug the MTV unplug. Listen to that. And she, she gave. Did. She dropped even more knowledge. She dropped even heavier knowledge. A lot of people criticize that, that, that but if you were listening, one. yeah, a lot of people criticize. But she was really dropping some real stuff in that. I just listened to I Get Out Friday. And if you listen to that one song, powerful, blow your mind, blow your mind. But like you say, thankfully, more and more are starting to wake up, more and more starting to ask questions, you know, and we're going to get to wrap it up because these, this conversation is might be closing for now, but it's not a close. It should go on. It should definitely go on. Right. This this is not the last time these type of conversations are going to be on my platform. And Mm -hmm. I hope it leaks over to other people starting the conversations because it's too one-sided. Yeah. And that keeps us divided. We have to be the bridge. We can't wait for them to build a bridge. And I'm going to touch on this and we're going to get to wrap it up. I was upset with people that finally accept Juneteenth now that they made it a holiday. When some of us, including myself, have been saying for years, this is the date right here, y'all. We I ain't celebrate you one. <laughs> I don't I, look. I'm not big on holidays, but I'm saying if you're going to celebrate one, at least lean toward the one that actually represents us more. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm not big on any of the holidays, but why did it take for them to say it was a holiday for y'all mm-hmm. to recognize it? Mm-hmm. It's like once they say it's cool, nah, when it's everything cool. cool about the world comes from us. The whole, all this culture and hip hop and everything that comes from us, but we have to wait till they say it's okay. They we need a stamp of approval. Say what actually belongs to us is okay. We, we need stop a stamp it. of approval. <laughs> we dope enough by ourselves without anybody's validation, y'all. If if anything, anything that I want to gain from this message is know your worth, know your strength, and know that you have value, know that you are powerful in and of yourself. Don't let anybody else dictate what you should and shouldn't be doing. You don't need a stamp of approval from anybody to do anything that you want to do. If it's something you want to do and they, you feel like the people not opening doors for you to do it, create it yourself. And don't worry about where the approval comes. Don't worry about who's going to follow you. The people who are meant for them, 
the messages are there for those who are ready to receive it. And if you believe in the message, put it out there. Even okay, and, and like I said, we're gonna get to wrap it up. But even with my platform, some of the videos don't have a lot of views, and I'm fine with that because I know the message is solid. So when it does catch on, or when people go back and watch it, it's still a great message. Absolutely, and it might take it, it might take a year, it might take two years, but guess what? It's there. Don't ever take it down, and don't ever stop what you're doing. Oh, no. It doesn't expire, and I appreciate that. And you don't stop what you're doing, so. I want you to shout out your websites and your socials and everything, because I want people to, it might be somebody that watches this and may have some questions for you. If you're okay with that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You can reach out to me for business for any, anything, any questions you might have. Um, like I said, I build websites. Um, I don't really, people call me this event because I put together a lot of events. I put people in the right places at the right time. Um, I do a lot of work for nonprofits. Um, I've done weddings and baby showers, so I manage events. You know, I know how to make them look pretty. Um, I know how to get the right people in the building. Um, I've done fashion shows. Um, I have, <laughs> I've uh, written magazines and did the graphic work for magazines. I've uh, done a podcast. I had a podcast in 2013. So everything that you're seeing now, what people are doing, like uh, Country Wayne is doing. I did that in 2013. Yeah, I didn't keep up with it because it wasn't my thing. I was on, it was, I was a co-star for somebody else. Um, but yeah, I did that in 2013. Um, the skits and stuff, we did all of that in 2013, you know, which is cool to see it actually blossoming out. I'm like, dang, if I had to stay with it, you know, it'd be something major. But again, it wasn't my thing. Um, I do flyers. Um, I, I build and actually create websites and I know how to make it look like an app on your cell phone. Um, I also am currently in the process of helping my daughters build a business so they will have their own business, um, which will launch in January, 2022. I don't want to see what it is right now, but something that's going to be fun for them. Something's going to be keeping for them and hopefully, uh, will inspire other young ladies. I also have a nonprofit of my own. It's called Diamonds of Destiny. Um, and that is where I'm actually, I actually work with young girls, um, helping them to understand their value, know their worth, um, teaching them about things that we go through as young ladies, because I kind of feel like I want to, um, if th these things that I had known when I was younger, before I had become a teenager or when I was a teenager, then I probably, my, a lot of things would have been easier for me. Um, just because the knowledge wasn't there, the experience wasn't there, you know what I mean? Um, so look for that to launch. Um, again, I started that in 2016. So that is actually coming back in 2022. Um, so with that, I'll be having them. We have an actual debutante ball <laughs> and they actually graduate the program. And I'm looking to actually give away scholarship money with that. So um, if they want to go to college or pursue their dreams, then they'll have the option to do that. Um, and then um, working on a bunch of different other community projects with other organizations. So a lot of the uh, networking or clients that I work with, I have the opportunity to join on their projects. So that's great. You know what I mean? So um, working with people is probably one of the best things that I get to do. I do still work full time, but I'm looking forward to not doing that in the future and working on my business full time. I'm getting ready to launch 2.0 of my business. So like I said, I do graphics and um, build websites and things. But now I'm going to be uh, putting those things on clothes. So um, sublimation, print screening, vinyl, heat press, all of that. So 
So that is launching, uh, I want to say this month, but I'm going to say maybe two more weeks. I need at least two more weeks to get it together. But I have my first client already, so I'm already working towards Quick it. Quick question for my own sake. Now, would those <laughs> have to be bulk orders or you would do like... Bulk, if personal. Even if you want... even if. Even if you just want the, the sublimation paper with your print on it um, so that somebody else can press it or you can press it on your own, I'll be selling it individually that way as well. And if you need like rework of your logo, I can do that. I do logos as well. And then again, I still have my products from my wellness boutique. Um, I'm about to go drop off some CMOS orders but right now. This one is called Glow Water for your skin. Um, helps rebalance the skin from like dark marks and things like that from hormonal acne. That's the other thing. Don't be falling for these uh, couple of day treatments or whatever. All these people got these skincare treatments and stuff. If you got acne all around here, that's hormonal. That comes from fibroids. That comes from hormonal mm-hmm. imbalance. That comes from losing too much blood. Um, Listen up, we have candles. Okay. That's my fruitier pebbles. Um, candles. Uh, car seats, I have what else? Uh, body gel for fat burning, all kinds of stuff. So, that stuff is on my website. And I was gonna say, I'm gonna put all of your information in the, in the description. This is a great resource, um, people that's yes. tuning in. Yes, as you see, she does a little bit of everything, so you don't yes. have to go, to, you don't have to go to Facebook and say, Who, who do this? Who? She's right here. If I even if I don't know who to, how to do it, I know who to put you down with to do it. So I, that's what I do. Public relations. That's why there's good. so many different things called public relations because I relate to the public. And networking is important, y'all. Mm-hmm. And we're going to get to get off here, but networking. Mm-hmm. Your network is just as valuable as, as they say, your network determines your Yes, network. absolutely. But it's just as absolutely. Your, having somebody that knows the right person is as good as you knowing them too because mm-hmm. I'm connected. That's right. And if you're surrounding yourself with people, surround yourself with somebody who's doing something, surround yourself with somebody who is, who has the same values as you, you notice how, if you're in a gang, everybody's doing the same thing, what they're doing is killing, they robbing, they shooting, they killing people, whatever, whatever, right? If you're not down with that, then guess what? Those are your people. If you looking for getting money, then you need to surround yourself with people who get money. If somebody who's, who's, who's accomplishing goals. And that they're not intimidated by you getting money. Right. You have friends that are not that are doing something so that when you do something too, they looking at you and clapping because they don't feel like I'm intimidated because they got that why and get it. No, they doing something too. That's right. It, you you know, totally you'll know when you're in the right atmosphere. Too. You know when you're in the right environment because you everything is gonna align. Those are gonna be you're not even gonna have to question, basically. You know what I mean? I mean, I won't say not question because I question everybody. I can't trust anybody one hundred percent. But you'll know when you're in the right environment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I absolutely believe that. Yeah. Hey, well, listen, y'all. I, I thank y'all for tuning in. I thank you again for agreeing to come on. And um, this doesn't have to be the last time because this we touched on a lot of things, mm-hmm. but the conversation doesn't stop there. Because it does not. One of those things and broke each one of those down mm-hmm. even more. And we may mm-hmm. do that some in the, in the future. But yeah. I really appreciate you taking the time to come on and, and share your insight, your knowledge. And I'm asking that you all tune in, watch, ask yeah, questions. Absolutely. Don't be afraid. Any part yeah. that you see that you don't understand, stop it. Google mm-hmm. or shoot her a message. Find out like what's this ask about? me. And guess what? If I don't know, if I if you felt like I was lying, we're going to find out together. Yeah. <laughs> 
we're going to get this knowledge together, y'all. We're going to grow together. That's right. So That's what it's before about. Before we go, I ask y'all to um, hit that subscribe button. Come in, join these conversations so you'll get these notifications when, when these this good content drops. But up, other than that, um, thank you again. And until next time, peace, y'all. Thank you.